0: With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel. Apostle Goodheart, Obi-Kweme.
1: If you can turn to Romans 8, wow. Romans 8, 17 to 18, wow. Psalms 51 verse 17. Shall we read together Romans 8:17 to 19, the Amplified version, if you will, my preferred version for our pilot text? And if we are His children, then we are His heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing His spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in His suffering, so that we may also share in His glory. For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. Somebody shout a big amen. Amen. Can we read louder? Psalm 51, 17 now, one verse. Boldly, courageously, and louder. One, two, three, go. My only sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken with sorrow for sin, thoroughly penitent, such, O oh God, you will not despise. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. For the sermon tonight, broken for glory, part number two. Father, bless the reading of your word and now bless the teaching, perhaps the preaching of the self-same word. Strengthen me, O oh God, help me to speak expressly. Thus saith the Lord, we vow us always to give you alone the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we have prayed. Whilst you are seated, tell your neighbor, it's time to be broken for glory. Hallelujah. We began a teaching series on Sunday, Broken for Glory. By God's grace, we will be looking at the subject matter of brokenness in our services in particular over the next few weeks, as the Lord leads and guides us. I personally, and strongly believe that as many in this house that will give their hearts and their minds to receive, learn, and hear the several teachings that God will be bringing our way and actually go on to do them will really, really be released into a whole new season of the glory of the Lord. It is yet again my opinion and my conviction that the Lord spoke over us in the year who we'll partake of and walk in his tangible glory, Running with the theme of glory unveiled. I believe, beloved, that there can really be no glory at all until we cross this bridge, this Rubicon, this critical part of the year that relates with and deals with brokenness, this season and these teachings can bring that turning point. That's more like church. So we begin to see that there can be no glory without first and foremost a season and a process of brokenness. Just as. Death of necessity precedes resurrection. Brokenness must of necessity precede the manifestation and the unveiling of the glory of the Lord. It is not possible to want to experience resurrection power without first encountering and experiencing death. Death, burial, precedes resurrection. Somebody once said, as surely as there is a Friday, there is also a Sunday. As surely as there is a crucifixion, (laughs) there is also a resurrection. So men may scorn, laugh at the fact that they saw you hang on the cross, being thrust in the ground, but they fail to understand that the resurrection power of God is going to quicken you up again. And the only thing is that they're going to see you not the same way you went down. You're coming out differently. You're not going to rise up the same way you went down. You're rising up in power. You're rising up a brand new man. You're rising up a man who is transformed and changed. A man who people cannot reconcile with any, anymore. You know, the truth be told is that there were people who knew me in primary school there were those who knew me in secondary school. Hello. Before I said yes to the Lord in 1985. Uh, they, they watch me on television today. They hear me preach on Sunday morning. They join us uh, to pray on GPPA. Um, Truth to be told is that they can reconcile the boy who was in primary class with them. With the man who they see today. Oh, God of oh, What change? God happened on the man and I want to prophesy to you that as surely as there is a death and there's a burial there is also coming a resurrection oh boy something is coming alive in your life if you believe that shout a big amen praise the lord somebody the apostle Paul speaks both of resurrection but he also speaks of what the bible calls the fellowship of his sufferings Somebody say fellowship of no, his sovereign. So there's a place of fellowship in his uh, sovereigns. Listen to what Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 9. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness. Very important. Which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him that I what that I may know him his intention his desire was to know him as a result he counted all things down his degree his pedigree his qualifications his assets his achievement his trophies his accomplishment he he, he weighed them with the glory of the Lord said no no this thing is poop, poo is I'm going to let go of this thing that I once bragged about I'm going to go in pursuit of the glory of the Lord, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. So ultimately what Apostle Paul wanted to attain was the glory and the power that exists at the point of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But he also understood he couldn't arrive there without going through here. Praise the Lord. So the journey to the glory is the cross. The journey to resurrection is death. Praise God somebody. Somebody still here? so if you want the resurrection you must embrace the death if you want the glory you must embrace the suffering that is what our pilot text says primarily that if you're going to identify with the sufferings of jesus christ he will enable you to also identify with his glory but when you refuse his sufferings refuse to identify with the sufferings, you also deny yourself, you preclude yourself of walking in the glory. Somebody shout a big amen. Now, there are several scriptures in the Bible, prophetic, and in the gospels, Jesus spoke about it severally, and also the epistles, bear witness to that, where the Bible speaks about the sufferings that will precede Jesus Christ, and also the glory that will come after his sufferings. We, we, it's a Bible class, so, Put out your pens, your Bible, your book. Let's go and do some study. Now, Luke 9, these are the words of Jesus Christ. I want to corroborate them. And Luke, Mark and Matthew, I believe. Luke 9, 21, track with me. Luke 9, 21, what are we looking at? Where it was spoken that sufferings will precede the glory of Jesus. Luke 9, 21, are you there? Okay, let's read together. 21, 22, one, two, three, go. And he straightly charged them And commanded them to tell no man that thing saying the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and what be raised the third day praise God so this is witness number one let's look at Luke 24 25 to 26 Luke 24 25 to 26 Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And to what? And to what? Enter what? All right. Should he not have suffered the things prophesied about him? And then he will enter into his glory. So what precedes glory? Glory. Is that in your Bible? Am I making this up? Let's track further. Uh, Luke 24, verse 46. Same chapter, verse 46. This is Jesus now. Jesus said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Behove Christ to suffer. And then to rise from the dead the third day. So again, suffering precedes resurrection of glory. Mark ten thirty three. Mark ten thirty three, And 34 actually. Saying, behold, we go to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priest. And unto the scribes. And they shall condemn him to death. And shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him, shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall what? He shall rise again. Beloved, whether we like it or not, a divine pattern has been set here for every child of God. Somebody say divine. Somebody say pattern. Praise God. Because Jesus Christ is our prototype. He is the perfect son which really, really he came to replicate and multiply himself. That God may raise other sons or many sons unto glory. It's a divine pattern. It's a divine pattern. You have to understand that both Satan and the flesh, track with me now, both Satan, because Satan largely walks through your flesh, right? Both Satan and your flesh are enemies to this pattern. Did you get that? You're going you're gonna to enjoy this, trust me. Yeah. Because Satan's big lie that he offers believers today, please pay attention, is the same that he offered Jesus at the Mount of Temptation. What did he offer Jesus? He offered Jesus in one of the three temptations, the opportunity to recapture, regain lost Adamic glory without having to go to the cross. In other words, Satan offered Jesus a shortcut. And shortcuts, shortcut your destiny. You know how you shortcut things on the job, you get a fast breakthrough. So you think the 10 million naira, then one month down the road, it chokes you. You know those shortcuts? They shortcut destinies. So hear the offer of Satan to Jesus in Matthew 4 verse 8. Track with me. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if, somebody say, if, if thou will fall down and worship me. <laughs> then saith Jesus unto him, get thee, Hence Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Listen, this was a temptation or at least it would have been a temptation if Satan offered Jesus something he had. It's no temptation for me to say that if you do ABC, I will give you my Bible if I don't have a Bible. It's not a temptation. You must be seen that I have something of note, of value. So I say, okay, kneel down and I give you this, right? So Satan had glory. It's very easy. He got that glory from Adam when Adam fell, right? And one of the assignment of Jesus Christ was to come to the earth to take that glory lost by the first Adam, being the last Adam, restore that back to mankind. Praise God. Woo. What was lost is now found. Huh? Who found it? Jesus found it. Whatever the question is, Jesus came to show the world, I am the answer. The only one prophet that declared in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. Praise God somebody. So of a truth, Satan must have had glory, he offered Jesus Christ. But the only thing is this, He offered Jesus Christ the glory in a way that God never designed. You know, for many of us, just to bow a little bit is a lot easier than going to the cross. Did you hear me? I mean, just even we're, we're just alone on the mountain anyways, who would know that I bow? Who will know that I compromise? Who will know that I change the figures from zero to nine? Who will really know? Just a little bow, a little, a little, a little bow, little compromise. It's easier to seemingly go for the glory by cutting corners than to really stay the lonely pathway of truth saying no matter how long it takes, I'm gonna stay on course with Jesus. Go to path. You say like Esther, if I perish, I perish, I'm not gonna cut corners. Hello, somebody. It's easy to bow to get the glory. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not the way I know I'm going to get the glory. What Satan was telling Jesus, you don't need to get to the cross. Why go through all that bother? Why die? Why go to shock? Why, why, why go through all that? Just, just compromise. And you see, the truth is, beloved, as it is with the first Jesus, The temptation holds true for these Jesus is here now. Now the devil offers you the glory but tells you you don't need the cross. We're going to go deeper. Going to mess some of your theology up. As a matter of fact beloved, let me go ahead of myself. One of the false doctrines that is rampant today in our generation is the gospel of a doctrine of crosslessness. Does that make sense? I will get there you see people have taken the cross uh, from the body of Christ uh, and now they hang the cross on their necks and all you know all the leaders are now hanging cross nothing wrong with hanging cross on your neck maybe someday I may hang cross but beyond uh, hanging the cross is about to carrying your cross being willing to allow the cross to crucify your flesh Crucify your desires, your earthly carnal desire. That's what it means to take up your cross and to follow Jesus. To declare, not my will, but your will be done. That's what it means to carry your cross. So as Jesus was tempted and tested to go for glory without going to the cross, the devil in our day, in our age is also tempting us to want to get glory without going through the cross. Are you still here? It's going to get good. Hmm. It's a Bible class. Hey, 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 hey. You know, in Matthew 16, a very interesting thing that happened there. I think 16 verses in there about uh, Jesus asked the disciples who do men that I am. They all said Jeremiah, Ezekiel, blah, blah, blah. Who do you say that I am? Nobody said anything but Peter said up. Help! Thou art Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, and Jesus said to him, "Whoa, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven." I said, "Thou art Peter, thou art Petrus. Upon this rock, the rock of revelation, not the pope, no sir. And may bust your religious bubbles. No, upon this rock, the rock of divine revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." marvelous testimony of Simon and Peter. But you know what? Just three, four verses down the road. Oh, Simon and Peter switch camps. The same man that was used by God to get a revelation that nobody had gotten before, was used by the devil to speak to Jesus Christ. Same Simon and Peter. Within moments and many seconds, Matthew 16, 21. Please turn to your Bibles. It's a Bible class. All right, are you there? Matthew 16, 21. From that time forth began Jesus. Somebody say, Began Jesus mm-hmm. to show his disciples. Here we go again. How that he must go unto Jerusalem, oh boy, and suffer many things. Of the elders and chief priests and scribes (laughs) and be killed but that's not the last sentence or that's not the last word in the sentence he said I will be killed but it looks like all Simon Peter heard he will be killed full stop that's why all some of you are hearing is the cross full stop you're hearing crucifixion, full stop. You're hearing brokenness, full stop. So you're panicking, uh, broken, cross, what? But that's not the end of the sentence. You will be broken, then you will walk in glory. Hello, somebody. So after the death, he continues his sentence. He said, I will be killed, that's true. But guess what? I will be raised again the third day. It's not over
0: until it's over.
1: Then Peter took him. Can you imagine a disciple? He took him. How, what a country! You know what? Satan had jacked into his mind. He took him and began to rebuke him. A eh? son rebuking father. Eh? Error. He began to rebuke him. You know what? He was so convinced that Jesus had gone wacko. As far as we knew from the Torah, from the scriptures, you were coming to establish for us a kingdom. How can you be? If you are crucified, how can we reign? Huh? How can we be governors? You're meant to be a king. He heard crucify, did not hear resurrection. Huh? Now here's Simon Peter, this is real. He jacked him, took him took a master the one you got a revelation just three verses away that he was a son of the living God he took him rebuked him saying be it far from thee Lord this shall not be unto thee imagine this guy the son of the living God told you what is going to happen to him (laughs) but he turned and said unto Peter get thee behind me satan stop there he wasn't addressing the person of Peter he addressed the spirit that spoke through him because that spirit is the same spirit that attacked him on the mount of temptation who said to him bow down just just compromise a little bit nobody will know just just between me and you on the mountain just bow down give you the crown, give you the throne, give you the glory. Likewise, that voice entered Peter again and was trying to make him negotiate his God-ordained destiny. He was born to die. He knew he was born to die, but he knew that after death, there is a burial called Toskata and surely there will be a resurrection. So the work of satan through flesh is to attempt to hinder the people of God from going to the cross that will ultimately oh boy i feel like are you still here oh my god Obosa, from going to the cross that will ultimately or better still going through the cross that will ultimately lead them to their throne is that clear? Talk with me. He turned and said unto Peter, thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savourest. Is, is the flavor you enjoy. You bring a fragrance that is what is not of God. Thou savourest, not the things that be of God but those that be of men of men means of the flesh remember i said to you the flesh and satan are companions they are partners and their partnership listen carefully is to resist the cross is to resist brokenness i hope you're listening shortly after this discourse with simon and peter he begins to tell them And to teach them of the cross. Verse number 24, Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him what deny himself. All right. And take up what? Come on, take up what? Take up what? Underscore the word H I S okay not t-h-e not m-y you get that you get that if any man will take up my cross no the cross no will take up who is the his the man's cross is that right so by inference it means every man has a cross are you still here it's a Bible class. All right. Let's go now. Uh, for whosoever will take up this course and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. All right. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. I'll explain that in a little while. Hmm. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange, for his soul? Now point number one. The value of your soul is by far more than the value of the entire world. Your soul is that valuable. Yet people are giving their souls in exchange for things that are momentary value. They fade away in a matter of time. Whosoever will lose or will save his life shall lose it. The scripture you will begin to understand as you study scripture very well. Speaks about two kinds of life that are available to mankind. Number one, life is the normal natural life, which really before you meet Christ, you have that life. You're not dead. You're only dead when your spirit separates from your body. You're said to be dead, but you can be alive and not be living. So there are many people who are alive today, but they are living dead. They eat, they walk, they talk. They have the characteristics of living creatures. because they don't have the breath of jesus christ they're not quickened by that life is that okay is that okay so that life i mentioned to now is a lower life it's normal life right but jesus was addressing something here he said there is also another kind of life which is zoe or the higher life or the god kind of life that is the life that you inherit when you say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All right. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things have become of God. Praise God. Praise God. So when you accept Jesus Christ, he comes to give you his life. That life is the way, the God quality of life. Now what Jesus is Discussing here now is whoever will struggle, I'm paraphrasing now to bring a better understanding and clarity. Whoever will struggle, listen carefully, to maintain, to retain the lower life at the peril or at the cost of losing the higher life will lose even the lower life that is trying to survive. Oh boy. Am I helping you? Let me try to rewind. lower life, higher life, all life. Just different quality of life. The master was saying that there are people who are going to struggle to retain and maintain or to save their life, but at the high price of losing the higher life. And what will happen to them is this. They won't only lose the higher life, but they'll also lose the lower life they're struggling to maintain. Oh boy! Are you still here? But he says something that for those who are going to choose the higher life over and above the lower life when they make that choice they make that sacrifice for the higher life I will also ensure that they have the lower life. Praise God! So is a matter of choice. Track with me, we're teaching. We're going somewhere, God will help us get there. Now, I want you to turn to John 12. John 12, wanna see a little bit connection between the cross and the glory as we run along. Look at a few more things. John 12, verse 27. Shall we read together 27 and 28? Now is my soul troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Ah, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came their voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know, Jesus being the pattern son was at a cross. He hadn't gone to the cross yet, but he was at a crossroad. At a crossroad of facing the reality of the cross before him. And his proclivity and tendency of being in the flesh because they were Tendencies of being in the flesh. He wasn't in sin, never sin, but there were tendencies of the flesh. He got hungry. You know that? He ate food. You know that? He slept. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He woke up. He prayed. So there were things that have to do with the flesh. Not sinful. Just the limitations of the human flesh. He wrapped himself around human flesh in the womb of one Virgin Mary. Praise God. So we see here now that, that the reality of his limitation I mean God is limitless don't get me wrong but because he was encased in a body assigned to live three three years and a half with an expire expiration date there were seven things that he was contained to do part of what he was saying when he said look I, 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 it is better for me to go away called those that that i will ask the father to send you another comforter like unto myself. Listen, he said it was advantageous. It was profitable. Why? The person coming will do more for you than I can do because I'm time bound. Mm, are you here? I'm not only time bound, I'm also geographically bound. I can't be in two boats at the same time except it's a miracle. Ah. Huh? I can't be in the house of Simon Peter and still be by the river Gennacherib. Why? I'm in a body. So there is a limitation. It's not limited or oh, confine, but there is one coming who will not be limited anymore. He won't only be with you as I'm with you, talk with you, shake you, feed you, but guess what? He's going to move his location into you. You are going to be the place, the address, the residency of the Holy Ghost that means you're not going to carry him in your pocket like a talisman like other gods other gods have to be carried by people around their neck in their pocket the black cloth you know what I'm saying but this God I don't carry this God but this God he carries me hello somebody I step into the boat he carried me I'm on the jet he carries me I'm on the sea He. I'm driving my car he carries me guess what he said to Me said to you, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody shout, Thank you, Holy Ghost. It's advantageous that I send one called the Holy Ghost. You know, in this service the church is doing today, we don't don't maximize the power, the potential, and the privilege of that person called the Holy Ghost. He's not Casper the Ghost, no. He's a person. He's powerful. He's God like God. He can move like God on the earth. Listen, you've got to thank God for the Holy Ghost. He will make you invisible. He will make you invincible if you learn how to yield yourself to him. He will make you unstoppable. He will make you unhindrable. He will make you unmolestable if you learn to yield somebody. Shout Holy Ghost. I love you Holy Ghost. In you I live. In you I move. You will have mommy With me? Wherever I go, the Bible declares in Psalm 46, verse number 1, is my present help in the time of trouble. I don't know what you're going through tonight. The Holy Ghost is with you. You've got to learn to acknowledge Him. You've got to learn to talk to Him. You've got to learn to commune with Him. Every now and then as you walk on the street Holy Ghost I love you I thank you for giving me a sound mind. I thank you for innovation, creativity I thank you for your wisdom Holy Ghost I just love you Holy Ghost will you strengthen me Before I got up here I said Holy Ghost breathe upon me Strengthen me again and I'm here like a dynamite That's how I've gone along for these years Holy Ghost strengthen me Why? Romans eight eleven. 11 If the self-same spirit that raised crystals from the dead you cannot get it. If that self-sensit resides within you, that spirit will quicken your mortal body. Your hearts are being quickened right now. Your kidney, your liver, your pancreas, your brain. I don't know who I'm prophesying to. Your muscles, your ocular system, your internal organs, your cerebral system, your spinal cord. Right now is being quickened. Somebody said, I believe I receive. Holy Ghost. (laughs) We have to maximize his ministry. He's a person. Before we think about his power, he loves intimacy. Don't drive him away. Grieve not the Holy Ghost. Quench not the Holy Ghost. A sinful life, unrepentant, can quench him. Unconfessed sin. A life that is without thanksgiving and gratitude can quench him be grateful you draw him, thank him you draw him, don't complain don't mama no matter what you're going through somebody's going through something worse be thankful you're still alive and well standing in the game of life haven't lost your mind and you will not lose your mind hallelujah no one of the psalmist declares, let everything that I breath praise the Lord hallelujah ah So we begin to see in John 12, 27, it's the connection between the sufferings preceding the glory that came upon Jesus. He said, Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Somebody shout a big amen. Beloved, when you begin to understand the real power and blessings of the cross, you will begin to gladly understand the ministry, track with me now, the ministry and the school of brokenness. Rather than running, attempting to dodge the cross and its effects of brokenness on a believer, You'll rather begin to appreciate not just that, you'll begin to embrace it in your life. When you know the positive aspect of the cross and the process of working brokenness in our lives, an unbroken person is not useful in the hands and the work of God. Never forget that for a long time. An unbroken person It's not useful in the hands and the work of God. I quoted and referred to a statement by a great man of prayer, Dr. Dr. Lukai. And he said, As useless as makeup, pancake powder, spread that makes a cup smile when it's dead. As useless as it is to the dead man. Likewise, an unbroken man is in God's hand. An unbroken man will not only be useful, not useful to God, listen, he will be detrimental, he will be destructive to God and his walks. Hmm. Another quote statement I made if I remember well, and the lack of brokenness is perhaps the root cause for the lack of power in the lives of believers and the church today the lack of brokenness is perhaps the root cause for the lack of power in the lives of believers and the church today. Beloved I've heard many people say that I want to be used by God if I many have prayed for God to use them the truth be told is that Whilst many want to be used by God, God doesn't use everybody. He just doesn't. (laughs) He calls everybody. All are called, or you read, many are called, few are chosen. I paraphrase, all are called, few make it to be chosen. It's my version. What is in the Bible is many are called, few are chosen. But my explanation is that all are called. Why? God is not a respecter of persons. What he said to one, he said to another. For every man who calleth upon him in every nation shall be saved. So there's no special person. All are called. But not all respond to the call. There's a a base level. Yeah. But beyond the base level, how you respond to God determines what God will do with you. The race has begun. They blue whistle, glory unveiled. The separation is already on. Some are playing church, some are some are, some are soaking up this thing like man. You know, i shared share with all my sons. I said, I said, I'm 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 very concerned as a leader and as a pastor that some people in this kind of assembly highly apostolic, highly prophetic, without missing words, are still careless about their destinies. It, 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 it gives me great concern. While some are soaking it, every time the door is open they're running it, they're on time, they're punctual, they're going through notes, they're studying. Others, this verse, he'll preach again next Sunday, uh, he'll he deliver again. Hey, listen. This is a spiritual clinic. Write it down. It's not church for the sake of church. It's a discipleship center. It's a training ground. Soldiers are being raised. And except you begin to conduct yourself like a soldier, with the disciplines requisite for a soldier, you miss the point. You'll be, as we heard, wayside, thorny, rocky ground. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. How would it be that church is packed on Sunday morning? I mean, the same God in church on Sunday is in church on Wednesday. Am I right? The same God. Somebody just feels that once a week is okay for me. I didn't kill Jesus. Why will I be in church every time? What I'm not, it's okay. It's okay. You know, the time you prepare for war is not the time of war. Uh, I beg here. I'm speaking many codes and parables. <laughs> These words you look for in time to come. To write it down. The cities will be sought after, they'll be sought after. You know why? There are words that are awakening souls. And awakening souls to prepare for what is about to happen. What you give your ear to, what you listen to, determines what you become. I don't hear every message. No. Some are not what I, I eat. No. Some are for the chicken and chicken. goes eat a particular kind of diet. Am I right? Can't afford to incline her to hear anything. People pray, this one, this one, you can live anyhow. What is that? As a risk. <laughs> Jesus. You see, it is not enough to pray for God to use you. You have to go beyond praying. It's not enough to desire for God. It's good to desire. It's good to pray. But I tell you what you need to do. Let's turn to 2 Timothy 2.20. Brokenness is a key ingredient that truthfully prepares the child of God to be so mightily used by God without limits. God wants to use you. Use me by his grace without limits. But demands brokenness. Are you in 2 Timothy 2? All right, well, Bible study. Verses 20 and 21. Let's read together as a family. Take down notes, let's read together. 2, 20 and 21. 1, 2, 3 go. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself, from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So you need to be prepared unto every good work. The word meet is to be qualified for the master's use. It's not PhD that qualifies you. Not even Bible school. While it is good to go to Bible school, if it is that to, and a good one at that. But what qualifies you is this word purge himself. Operative word is purge. Then add the word himself. Telling you that is a responsibility you take upon yourself by the help of the Holy Ghost. You, You will not be purged by the Spirit himself. No. You purge yourself by the help of the Holy Ghost. You take the cleansing power of the blood and you purge yourself then you become prepared and meet for every good walk every good walk beloved it's as though this scripture is saying it says in a great house there are many vessels not only of gold and silver but there is wood there's earth and in a great house some are to honor some are to dishonor if any man put himself, you get that? Wow. Let me ask a question. What makes a vessel in a great house unto honor and unto dishonor? Huh? Put yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Is it the partiality of God? No. Acts ten thirty uh, four, I think it is. God's not respect of persons, right? Yeah, 34, there about. Not, so, so God doesn't respect people. Doesn't He has no favorites per se. Everybody is equally called, equally graced. But it's your oh boy, it's your response to God. God cannot be mocked. That means there are people who try to mock Him. Yeah? So God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. <laughs> the way you apply yourself to God and the things of God. Are you running after him or you are running after things? So if any man, is a blank check. But if anybody will take the responsibility of purging, it becomes qualified and there is meat for every good work. Now, it's like saying in a great church family, there are many vessels. Some vessels in this church are unto honor, unto dishonor. It's not an abuse or a curse. Because they all began at the same level. But in the process of time, one became Abel, one became Cain. Same mother, same father. By choices made by them, God said to Cain, If you do well, your own sacrifice is acceptable. Abel did well and you're killing him what's the problem? Praise God somebody. So that word purge is very very key. That word purge brings to mind a dimension of consecration separation and dedication to God in order to be considered a vessel of honor by him. Hallelujah. Beloved let me say again the lord jesus christ the head of the church has given us as a family a blanket check is called glory unveiled you are writing a daily exam gbba you sleep you don't sleep nobody's marking you you come to church you don't come nobody is marking you you give offering you don't give No register you tithe, you don't believe in tithe, they're crazy in this church, forget this tithe, it's okay, time will tell. Your life is tight, not tight, we can tell later. By their fruits, we will know them. You are a latecomer, you love to be late, you don't care, nobody's mess, it's your choice. But just to let you know that we are going through an examination that is invisible. And every time you fail an exam in the school of brokenness, you're made to repeat. I'm telling you something. I have repeated many exams in my life as a believer. I knew I was repeating. I was an auto repeat until I passed. You see, <laughs> <laughs> um, in some countries, they may decide to give you a driving license because you're an old man. You know what I'm saying? You didn't pass the test, but. Uh, you don't try seven times, seven times, I mean, just, just, just take driving, take driving, you don't try, seven times, let my people go. Huh? In the school of brokenness, there's no let my people go. Back to class. Because a failure to pass today's examination is indicated you're not ready for tomorrow's glory. Write it down, oh. It came from heaven, oh. Ah. A failure to pass today's exam is an indication you are not ready for tomorrow's glory. You must pass the exam. The exam of faithfulness. The exam of stewardship. You're on team. Just five of you are faithful. Over 20. It's okay. They look okay for a while. After a while, there'll be a crack in the armor. It's a matter of time. Why? God is not to be mocked. I served for 21 years somewhere. I worked with my heart. Even me, I know it. I served as though I began that ministry. With my heart. Within human limitations. I knew it. No agenda to lead to start anywhere. No agenda. I was sold out there. Unto the Lord. No regrets. But it's landing me somewhere. It's landing me somewhere. Why? God is not marked. You may be mocked, you may be deceived, but it's not deceived. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me push a few more points, one or two, and we're done. Ah. The word purge also brings, or sorry, speaks of undergoing the process. And the school of brokenness, so that you become malleable, flexible, and tender in the hands of God. Malleable and tender in the hands of God. Hmm. God wants us as believers to become new wineskins in his hand, so that when he pours a new wine into us, we will not explode or fall apart. The new wine skin is one that is soft, tender, pliable, supple. When you pour new wine into it, it begins to expand. It begins to expand. As the fermentation process goes in within the bottle of the jar, the skin expands to accommodate the expansion that is indicative listen carefully at this point now is indicative of a person who has been broken so that the person is willing to go where the Lord sends him how when even when it does not seem logical Not rational, not reasonable, sometimes not intelligent. But because you have been made flexible, you are in a place where you're willing to be a fool for God. Because a fool for God is wise before men. Huh?
0: Oh wow.
1: But when you are an old wise skin, you are set in your ways, as they say, can't teach an old dog new tricks praise God. And it's not old in age, it's just old in mindset. Some people can't, they can't assimilate new truth. They're set, ah, no, where I came from, where I came from, no, no, we eat before we drink, we drink, before, yeah, where we came from, no, we, no, we sing before we pray, we pray, where we came from, no, often is the first thing. often, no, where we came from, where we came from, no, where, where we came from, ah, old wines came, you're too set in your ways. If where you came from was all that, what are you doing here? I wonder, you no touch, what are you doing here? Go back to where you were doing. Are you? Be tender and malleable. be supple in his Be willing to be a fool for him, that he may judge you wise. You can't walk in dimension of the supernatural, except you're willing to be the Lord's fool. It was my willingness after two years of prayer to be foolish that brought me here today. Did it make sense to leave where I left? Very comfortable. Not many ministers in this nation have that level of comfort. Seven story building, built in seven years. That was comfortable. Man, nah, church large. Man, nah, what you call in church world a big boy. But the danger is this. You can be a big boy in the eyes of men, but a small boy in the eyes of God until you obey him. not a position, on title or size. is to be in his place. To be in the center of his will is what it really means to be a big boy in the eyes of God. No matter where it is. Listen, I believe. I just have that in my heart now. On account of what God is teaching you and sharing with you, he will be prodding you. He'll be prompting you. He'll be saying in your heart. There will be divine shiftings and movements. Some of them are geographical. Some are material. Some are physical. Some are financial. But God will prompt you and move you. But as you obey the promptings and the leaders, you will see greater glories revealed and unveiled in your life. You can't step up until you let go of, the, of, of your place of comfort. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh boy. Can you just lift your hands and say, Lord help me. Where you are, Lord help me, Lord help me, Lord help me. Lord help me. can you receive grace? Receive grace. Come on church, let's receive grace. To be flexible, to be malleable. Grant me the grace to be your fool, that I may be wise before you. Fool in the eyes of men, they mock me, but yet heaven is smiling. Many have given things that are so precious in their lives. Lands, houses, cars at the bidding of God. People laugh at them. But today they are laughing. Laughing with glory. I'm one of them. I can't tell you the things he's led me to do by way of sacrifice. But I am the better off. <laughs> Receive grace to be the Lord's fool that you may be wise before him. Father, grace us as a church family. As it was said concerning Christ, we ask for power to lay down Power to take it up again. the heads bowed, eyes closed. Anybody under the side of my boss, not born again? Same man of God. Pray with me. I want light. I want life. Lift your right hand wherever you are. Same. Pray with me. I want to get it right. Or oh, you're here to rededicate your life. Unashamedly. Just your right hand in the sky. Quickly, where you are. Quickly. That hand is there. God bless you. See the hand. Hand. Hand up. Don't be ashamed. Hand up. Hand up. Don't be ashamed. Wherever you are. Until the card is placed in your hand. Let me ask you to stand up and place your hand on your chest. Let's pray together. You want to dedicate your life to the Lord, stand up. Stand up. that brother, stand up. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, let's pray. everyone. let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Anyway, I've wronged you. Forgive me. From today, I declare, decree. Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior in the name of jesus christ somebody shout a big amen
0: you have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of good heart obi ekweme lead pastor of revival house of glory international church rojik and the apostolic leader of the horn of revival ministry a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival Across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic dot Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app. On Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodhart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodhart. Keep hearing the word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.